800 AM and 94.9 FM KINY Juno from the Alaska Airlines Studio. Local first. Now, News of the North. I'm Jordan Lewis, and these are the stories we're following this hour. In an unusual use of executive power, Governor Dunleavy issued 12 executive orders this month. Plus, the governor sided with 24 other Republican governors on Thursday in support of Texas Governor Greg Abbott's decision to ignore the U.S. Supreme Court. And Senator Jesse Keel joined Action Line this morning to discuss the legislative session, education funding, as well as the governor's actions. But first... In an unusual use of executive powers, Governor Mike Dunleavy this month issued 12 executive orders abolishing state boards and granting new powers to the heads of state departments. The orders, which account for almost 10% of all executive orders issued since statehood and are equal to the number of all executive orders issued in the previous 20 years, will automatically take effect in March unless the Alaska legislature specifically disapproves of them in a joint vote of the House and Senate. Senate President Gary Stevens, a Republican of Kodiak, said, We have never, in my experience, had 12 executive orders to deal with at once. This week, after a legal review, members of the Alaska Senate are taking their first look at some of the governor's orders. While some of the orders have been praised, others haven't received a positive reception, and the industries affected by the orders are asking that they be revoked or reversed. Emily Foster, a member of the Board of Massage Therapists, one of the panels scheduled for dissolution, said everybody's kind of like, we've got to get them to reconsider this. Other boards earmarked for erasure include the boards governing barbers and hairdressers, the board regulating midwives, and the boards overseeing a state park in southwest Alaska and a bald eagle preserve in near Haines. The Office of the Governor declined a request for an interview seeking an explanation for the orders and how they came about. In a prepared written statement, Dunleavy Communications Director Jeff Turner said one of Governor Dunleavy's priorities is to make state government as efficient and effective as possible. Several executive orders transfer functions from boards and commissions to the relevant State Department, which is in the best interest of efficient administration. You can find a list with descriptions of all the executive orders on our website, KINYradio.com. Along with this, Governor Mike Dunleavy joined 24 other Republican governors on Thursday in support of Texas Governor Greg Abbott's decision to ignore a U.S. Supreme Court decision allowing federal agents to remove razor wire installed by Abbott's administration along the U.S.-Mexico border. The statement was published hours before Dunleavy spoke to a joint meeting of the Alaska and Juneau Chambers of Commerce and called for more immigration to Alaska. He said the arrival of Ukrainian immigrants to Alaska had been a good thing, saying, I know there are some folks that believe Alaska is just fine at 700,000 people, maybe better at 600,000 or 500,000. I would challenge you on that. Most economic systems, most societies, are driven by demand, and the more demand you have, the more business activities or services are delivered. America is in competition for people. Alaska is in the competition for people. Thursday's statement, published by the Republican Governors Association, was signed by every Republican state governor except the governor of Vermont. It said in part in the statement, We stand in solidarity with our fellow governor, Greg Abbott, and the state of Texas in utilizing every tool and strategy, including razor wire fences, to secure the border. Federal officials have sought the removal of Texas's fences, which have contributed to the deaths of at least three people. And Senator Jesse Keel joined Action Line this morning to discuss the legislative session, education funding, and those executive orders by the governor. 
During the show, Senator Keel commented on Governor Dunleavy's support of Texas Governor Greg Abbott's actions at the U.S.-Mexico border, while also talking on the positives of immigration during last week's Chamber of Commerce lunch. The state of Alaska doesn't regulate immigration. The federal government does that. And the governor's words in his speech, which I did read in the press, um, I think were right on. Immigrants add a huge amount to our state's economy, to our culture. Um, their immigrants have a tendency to start businesses in higher numbers, uh, have a tendency to achieve higher education outcomes for them, their children, right? It's kind of the American dream. So um, the question of what's going on in Texas right now, you have to separate out from whatever you think about immigration because the United States Supreme Court handed down a ruling and it said what I just said, the federal government guards America's border, sets the border policies, sets the immigration policies. No one state does that. Senator Keel also gave a response to comments made by Deed Commissioner Dina Bishop during a previous interview with Local First News. So the other day on your program, I heard the Commissioner of Education and Early Development say, oh, the charter school provisions have been misunderstood. Don't worry your heads about it. I just reread it on the way into the studio. It cuts local school boards out of charter school decisions. So let's go back to talking about investing in our schools and the budgets, right? Because the dollars are where the notion meets the educational road, right? We can hem and haul all we want, but you put the bucks where you put them, and that decides what you do because you pay somebody to do work. That charter school provision, the way it's written right now, Juno School District could do everything necessary, make every painful, excruciating, nobody wants to make it decision that we have to do to get the schools on track. And the next year, a group could come in, not to the Juno School Board, who we elect here in Juno, but to the State Board of Education, who does not care about what the public thinks. They've made that abundantly clear in recent years. You can listen to the full program on our website, KINYradio.com. Human trafficking, which affects an estimated 27.6 million people forced into labor or sex around the world, is happening in Alaska. Nearly 30% of homeless youth in Anchorage identified as victims of human trafficking. Gwen Adams, founder of the nonprofit faith-based advocacy group Priceless, said in a presentation at the Capitol, we have trafficking stories in all six of our high schools in Anchorage. Adams said there were 40,000 to 60,000 online advertisements for trafficked people per month in Anchorage alone, though some of those were advertisements for the same person posted more than once. She said that Alaska Native teens or young adults who travel to Fairbanks or Anchorage from villages are approached by a trafficker within 72 hours, according to Federal Bureau of Investigation data. Her colleague, Adam Legg, said that there were a lot of vulnerable youth in Alaska that are primed for exploitation by traffickers, saying, We all know that rape, domestic violence, sexual assault, suicide, mental health issues in our state. These all create vulnerable people that traffickers can easily prey on. He added that predators now use chat features and online children's games to befriend and groom increasingly young victims. Yet most people are recruited into trafficking by family members, Adam said, followed by intimate partners and employers. Alaska lawmakers are working to codify a more robust response to the growing public safety concern, and advocates say that the matter has become even more urgent as victims trend younger and the issues move more online. 
Even by Alaska standards, there's a lot of snow this winter. So much snow has fallen so far, more than 8.7 feet or 2.65 meters, that roofs on commercial buildings have collapsed around Anchorage, and officials are urging residents to break out their shovels to avoid a similar fate at home. As of Tuesday morning, the three-day storm had dropped nearly 17 more inches of snowfall, pushing Alaska's largest city past the 100-inch mark earlier than at any other time in its history. The city is well on track to break its all-time record of 134.5 inches of snow. Now, even winter-savvy Anchorage residents are getting fed up with the snow-filled streets and sidewalks, constantly shoveling, and six days of pandemic-era remote learning. It is already in the record books with this year's snowfall at 8th snowiest with a lot of time left in the season. Tamara Flores, an elementary school teacher shoveling her driveway on Monday as the snow pile towered over her head, said it's miserable. It's a pandemic of snow. Last year, 107.9 inches or 274 centimeters fell on Anchorage, making this only the second time the city has had back-to-back years of 100-plus inches of snow since the winters of 1954 and 55 and 1955 through 56. This year, the roofs of three commercial structures collapsed under loads of heavy snow. Last year, 16 buildings had roofs collapse, with one person killed at a gym. Anchorage isn't the only Alaska city beset by near-record snowfalls. So far this month, capital city of Juneau has recorded 69.5 inches of snow. The storm could drop several inches of snow before the month ends, putting the monthly record over 75.2 inches set in 2009 at risk, according to Andrew Park, a National Weather Service meteorologist. On the morning of January 28th, JPD contacted an adult male in the area of Meander Way who was suspected of rifling through vehicles. JPD recovered several items that are suspected to have been taken from vehicles in the Mendenhall Valley area on Friday night and Saturday night. Types of recovered property include sunglasses, boots, gift cards, headlights, flashlights, candy, winter hats, knives, and phone charging cords and connectors. If you believe your vehicle was rifled through, please contact Officer Shriver at 907-500-0852 to identify your missing items. And gas prices are up a bit this week, according to new data out, but ABC's Alex Stone says there's a much bigger rise coming, maybe in the range of 85 cents a gallon. In the past week, the price of regular unleaded went up about three cents a gallon nationwide, according to the Energy Department. Prices have been up and down, riding the oil markets in the last couple of months. But analysts say brace yourself for a substantial rise coming between mid-next month to May, when refineries begin switching to summer blends of gas, which costs more, and demand rises with spring and summer travel. Add to that any Mideast conflict, and the rise could really add to the cost of filling up. Alex Stone, EBC News. Now you're up to date with local first news. I'm Jordan Lewis. For continuous updates, visit our website, kinyradio.com.